Hi, everybody. Welcome back to my podcast. This is John Bishop with John Bishop Fine Art. And uh, this is uh, the podcast called Conversations for Freelance Creatives, an opportunity for, for us to get together and talk about things that matter to small art businesses and creative businesses, no matter what format, and kind of the problems we run into, the, the issues that we face, the people that we meet, and the ideas that, that we have. So I'm delighted that you've come back. This is episode number five. Uh, so we're just still getting started. This particular episode is about risk-taking in small businesses, in small art businesses in particular. Uh, I've got some notes here, so if you see me looking down, I'm not losing interest. But the, let's face it, we face risks every day. We face risks when we go outside, when we walk down the stairs, when we eat a meal, uh, when we drive a car. And, and most of these risks are are deemed to be unimportant enough or manageable enough that they don't really stop us in performing our day-to-day activities. Um, I've got a, a, a throw rug upstairs um, at my house. And whenever I'm walking, I often catch my foot on the corner of it. I've never fallen, but uh, it, it is a potential risk. But it looks really good. I, I bought it on vacation, and I love the rug, and it looks really good where it is. Uh, so I take the risk every day, many times a day, that I could trip and fall and then go over the railing and fall to my death at the bottom of the stairs. But I just don't think that's going to happen. Uh, it's never happened before, never gotten even close. So that's a risk I'm certainly willing to take. And, and I think that's true in our businesses as well. There are all kinds of risks that we face daily. I mean, I could get sued as an artist who paints, I suppose. Someone could come in and eat my paint and get sick or slip on my, on my, uh, on my rug at the, at the studio. I suppose that I, I have some liability there, but it doesn't really bug me. It's not, it's not realistic enough for me to worry about. And, and there's no competition. I mean, there are lots of businesses in which it's quite dangerous. If you're a policeman or a fireman, my gosh, if you're a paramedic, if, if you screw up your job, people die and, and, or you die. Uh, you're in, in risk all day. And, and that kind of job is so completely polar opposite of anything that I've experienced that, uh, that it's hard for me to even comprehend. Uh, a friend of mine is a lawyer, and uh, his, his partner is a, is a neurosurgeon. And uh, David came home one evening and asked his partner, you know, how was your day? And the, the attorney said, oh, well, I, I worked on some, some contracts today, and I, I feel really good because we got them signed off. Well, how was your day? And the neurosurgeon said, I removed a tumor from a child's head and basically saved his life. Well, what do you say? What do you say after that? But you know what? There's no competition, right? There's no, there's no way. I was a librarian for 30 years, I, and in that... 30 years, I don't, to my knowledge, I never faced a life or death situation. Um, and it's not a contest. Just because my, my job wasn't stress-inducing or, or 
where I faced annihilation every day, that doesn't mean that I didn't take the risks that did face my job any less seriously. So there's not a competition, right? I don't think anyone has ever become a librarian for the thrill, for the, you know. Uh, and yet there are people who live off of those things. I have absolutely no risk interest. I have no, no adrenaline seeking. Uh, I, I've never been on a zip line. I've never even, even imagined what it would be like to parachute. Um, I, I don't even much care for, for uh, roller coaster rides, though I've been on them and they're, they're enjoyable. I don't have any real need to go on another one anytime soon. And, and that kind of risk aversion means that, you know, I'm fairly well suited for a librarian career or a painter who sits basically in a studio or at home painting. Um, and so the fact that I am not really risk-seeking and then I, uh, doesn't mean that I don't face risks. I mean, in, let's see, I was living in California, had a good job as a librarian, and this, this opportunity came to go and work in Romania. I knew basically nothing. I wrote a letter, they said yes. I got on a plane and I was in Romania. Uh, and that was, I, I didn't know the language, I didn't really know any people, I gave up all my, my good job to go there. Uh, it was quite risky and people thought I was a little crazy for doing it. Uh, Bogdan and I, when we left Romania, we immigrated to New Zealand for, uh, well, we went to New Zealand for a couple of years, and we just left everything. I mean, literally, we shipped everything we owned by, by a container, and we arrived in New Zealand with backpacks. And until our shipment came, we had nothing. We had to completely make it on our own. Uh, we only stayed two years. Uh, we also... We also went on a holiday in Sri Lanka when the tsunami hit back in 2004. And we were, you know, had to be rescued uh, by the travel agency. They sent, a, they sent a, someone to come and get us and pull us out of the, the place where we were. So we have faced risks. We're not, we're not cowards. But the kind of financial high rolling risks that play in the stock market those things never occurred to me. You know what? And I don't feel bad about it. If you're going to pity me for being kind of recluse, go ahead, because it doesn't bother me. I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. Um, you know, there's an also, when you consider taking risk, particularly in business, you know, there's a risk in not taking any risks at all, right? I mean, sometimes that can be the biggest risk. You, you can't be so risk averse that you never try anything new. And part of this conversation has to center around the fact that risks aren't necessarily negative, right? Risks are also opportunities. And you wouldn't want to live in a, or run a business that didn't take advantage of opportunities, would you? So some amount of risk-taking is inherent in becoming a business person. If you've opened up your own small business, if you're trying to freelance as a creative, 
you are taking a big risk. <laughs> and we talked about the fact that for entrepreneurs, very often risk-taking is considered one of the, the biggest character traits of an entrepreneur. So yeah, we, we are willing to take risks, but we have so, if you're like me, we have so little to lose that it, it, it makes us very worried that we can't afford to mess up. We know that we're going to mess up. We know that that's part of the entrepreneurial experience and that we would be doing something wrong <laughs> if we never messed up. I mean, we're obviously not taking any risk at all if we're, not, uh, if we're never messing up. But what is that kind of attitude that we have toward risk and failure and stability and, and comfort? And we have to work that out, right? Because in order for us to run our businesses, we have to know the amount of risk we're willing to take. Now, granted, we don't always know. And, and you can overplan. I remember when we were living in New Zealand, there was a city government that uh, they had a small fire in, in, in one of the, I think, storage rooms or something in their, in their city hall. And uh, the alarms went off. Everybody was told to get up and leave. And they got up and they left. And instantly they went in, put out the fire. There was a, no real damage. There was some smoke and some heat, but there was no real damage. However, when that happened, the heat made the paneling release a very, very toxic fume that wouldn't go away. And so basically they had to close the building down and uh, uh, waiting for hazmat, they had to basically go in and remove all the paneling and replace it before anyone could go back in the building and be safe. The problem is everybody had just gotten up and walked out. So they left their cell phones, they left their purses, they left their car keys, uh, the uh, computers that they, their laptops were still on their desks, the phone lines were housed there, that's where the phone tree was. This, was. this was before everybody was on the cloud and their servers were in that building. So basically, everybody was standing outside and no one could go and finish the business of the day. No one could do the business of city government because they couldn't get in the building. They couldn't update their website because the server was in the building. They couldn't, they couldn't do a phone tree because the phone system was in the building. They couldn't, they couldn't even change the, the message on their answering machine because that was in the building. And so basically the whole thing shut down and nobody could do anything about it. They couldn't get to payroll to pay the employees. They were out of that building for at least two to three weeks. Nobody could get a paycheck because payroll was in the building. So what they did was all of the local governments around New Zealand started to create a risk plan, right? Of how they were gonna manage in case something like that happened. Now, if I were to try and do something like that in my small business, I would be wasting my time that's way too much detail for what I need to run my small business. But I do need to understand what kind of risks are out there. I need to be able to, to search around and identify what kind of risks face my business. There are financial risks. There are risks from competitors. And I say competitors loosely. We've talked about that. That I don't really consider another artist to be a competitor. 
but they do compete for some things. So we need to consider competition as well. We also need to, to look at the things that are not financial. There is also your reputation. You know, you can look bad. You start to get bad, bad reviews on Google. If you start to get a bad name among the artists in your community or, or you, you'd be considered kind of a, a, a bad business person, that can really harm you in, in the future of your business. So those things are very important as well. And you need to guard against all the risks that are facing you in your, in your small business. Uh, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with changing the perspective. The, the, and I think a lot of it has to do with changing the way you look at these risks, right? Because you can be very cautious and, and negative and afraid, or you can be foolhardy and spendthrift and irresponsible. So you, you've got to find that medium ground and change the perspective so that you're not risk averse, but you are responsible in the way you face risks. You have to find that happy medium. But as creatives, we're not unused to taking risks. We take risks all the time. If you don't believe that, ask an actor what it's like right before the curtain goes up on opening night or a musician when he's, he's sitting in front of a microphone or a dancer right before that curtain goes up. We take risks all the time. Uh, even as a painter, the, the putting my soul out for the, for the world to see, that's kind of risky and can can backfire. Not only am I going to open myself up for tremendous criticism, but, you know, I could be hurt emotionally as well uh, coming out on a video like this. Uh, all the haters out there, you've got to be ready for those kinds of risks. So we've got to have a plan for taking risks. As I mentioned, an actor does not go on stage not knowing his lines. A dancer does not get ready for, for the curtain to go up, figuring that she can fake her way through a performance. It just doesn't happen. You've got to be prepared. You've got to have something of a plan prepared for what kind of risks your business faces and how you're going to deal with them. You know, I have ants in my studio. It's not a big deal. But there are here and there. They're scattered about. So they're, they're kind of scouting around looking for, for a meal. And it occurs to me how silly that is. There's very little food in there and there's very little reward to be had if you did find a crumb. It's a crumb. And it just occurs to me that there's a, a parallel between those ants and my business. Uh, if, I, if I'm an ant and I find a cookie on the playground, I am golden. I go back, I'm a rock star, everybody loves me, I get a YouTube channel, I get a statue in the anthill, and everybody eats well. The whole, the whole ant community benefits. Now, if the ant finds a crumb on my desk, first of all, the chances of him getting squished are immense because I don't want to keep an ant in my keyboard. And even if he did find a crumb, that's not a very big reward for the amount of risk he's taking in looking on my desk. And it occurs to me that those parallels to my business are are clear. Uh, 
I need to be able to take risks that make sense and risks that I can handle and not go out and do something foolhardy that will get me very little reward. And I do that all the time. I'll feel really good because I landed a job that by the time I, I factor in my gas money and, and supplies, you know, I make just a little bit of money off of that particular job. Well, that's foolish. Uh, I mean, maybe it's a good, a good PR move. May have, maybe I've strengthened a friendship, but it's not a good business move. And so I think we need to be circumspect about the kinds of risks we take and whether or not it's worth it. I mean, let's look at it. What are the, what are the main things that we have to do in business? We have to have an income. We have to sell things. We have to make things. We have to market, right? And, uh, and we have to plan. We have to have a plan for any of this to happen. So in order for all those things to happen, we've got to be organized. If I'm not going to treat this art business as a business, I have no chance of surviving. I mean, the idea that I'm just going to paint something and someone's going to come in and go, oh, fall, look at that, and, and, and here's a bunch of money. That's just not going to happen, particularly with my art. <laughs> I'm not that good. So I think it's key for us to remember that whenever we're looking at risks and when we're looking at how to organize and plan for our businesses, it's really all about the journey. Can you imagine someone saying, who, an entrepreneur, let's say Oprah, let's say a, a, a great wealthy entrepreneur saying, ah, oh, I've made it. Finally, now I can stop. That's just never going to happen. It's not going to happen with your art as well. Let's face it. It's not as though you're going to reach a point and then you're just going to let it ride. You're in for the journey. You're in for the experience. You're in for the, the process. And if you take that away, you've lost everything. So here's my homework for you. Take three different entrepreneurs artists, whatever, somebody from your field, preferably, not necessarily, it could be anybody. Find three people, entrepreneurs that you admire, people who are successful. They can be wildly successful. And uh, I looked at Oprah, Gerhard Richter, and Mark Cuban. And take a, do some little research. Go in and find something about them. And what I mean by that is actually go in and hear their words. Look for interviews, look for uh, video interviews or even written interviews where you can actually hear their words and, and find five things that those three people have said that you can apply to your business. Now, uh, I'm gonna, I have these written down. Uh, so I chose Oprah, Gerhard Richter, the painter, and Mark Cuban, the entrepreneur. And here are the five quotes that I got from these three folks. Number one, success, uh, I, I am successful because it's never, ever, ever been about money. Focus on significance, not success. And that's from Oprah. If I lost control of the business, I'd lose myself. That's also from Oprah. You are your business. It's not like 
it's not personal. <laughs> I mean, you try not to take things personally, but wow, I think that's pretty powerful. Gerhard Richter says, if it, uh, it has to be truthful and it has to look good. So you're always going to be honest and you've got to be quality. Quality has to be there in your, in your, in your art, in, your, in the work that you're doing. Gerhard Richter also said, art is not a substitute religion. It is a religion. I found that incredibly powerful. And Mark Cuban said, if you have an exit strategy, it's not an, it's not an obsession. So I found those quotes really, really interesting because they all deal with the, the, the amount of risk. Oprah's saying, my God, I am this business. It is everything to me. I can't live without it. Uh, so every risk I take professionally, I'm taking personally. And that gives a lot more gravitas to, to how you live your life because your life is your business. Uh, the idea that, that art, your artistic expression, is religion. It is something you dedicate your life to and your belief systems. It, it permeates how you see who you are as now and who you will be in the future and how you treat people and... Uh, it, it flavors all of that. That's incredibly powerful. And then the idea that if you have an ex, if you have an exit strategy, you're not you're not in it enough. You you haven't you haven't taken the taken the step. Uh, if you're looking at a way to get out of your business, then you're not giving it enough. Those are, you know, and, and again, you don't want to become silly about it. But those are very very powerful statements. So I, I would encourage you to do the same. Find three people that you admire. Take some quotes from them and get something that you can add to your business. And then incorporate those things into your planning, into your, your philosophy on risk, on how you're going to face the amount of, of risk you're able to take within your business. Uh, and, and see if you can build those into your mission statements, into your annual goals, whatever it is, whatever planning strategies and, and, uh, that you, you may be using. Now, uh, this, uh, we're, we're still giving away the um, spreadsheet that, that I created to track all of our budgeting and expenses and income and projects and all of those things. I've created an Excel spreadsheet uh, that tracks all of those things for me. I've been using it for years. Uh, I offer it free to you if it's something you might be interested in. You may already have something. Uh, but if you don't, or if you'd like to see somebody else's version, uh, just send me your email and I will be happy to send that out to you. It's just a, an Excel file. Uh, you can find my email down below, or you can, if you're listening, <laughs> just go to johnbishopfineart.com. Uh, there's a tab there at the top that says giveaway. And uh, you can throw your email in there and I'll send you the file. Just my gift to you. Um, otherwise, have a wonderful week. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about actually how to manage risk. What are some of the, the steps of risk management uh, that, that can occur? 
So this week we're really just talking about identifying risk and next week we're going to talk about some strategies on how to actually manage those risks that we do identify. Mm-hmm.